Boeing raises its job cut target. The Simpson defense hammers away at the prosecution's dream witness. The House considers the line item veto. Good morning for Bill Lynch. This is Frank Setapani with the CBS World News Roundup. The Boeing Company, one of the West Coast's biggest employers, says it now plans to trim 7,000 jobs from its payroll this year. That's more than previously expected. Company spokesman Chris Valer says customers aren't beating down the doors for new 737s and 767s. We have been predicting since the end of last year that this 1995 would be a tough year and we would continue to be reducing employment. While most of the layoffs will be in Washington State, hundreds of workers stand to lose jobs in Wichita and Philadelphia. The government counted 326,000 new unemployment claims last week, a thousand more than the week before. The battle of wits that began at yesterday's Simpson murder trial session is likely to continue when testimony resumes. David Dow reports. For Simpson's lawyers, it is day two of damage control, of trying to keep this account of Simpson's dreams from becoming a nightmare. He kind of jokingly just said, you know, to be honest, Ship, that's what he called me, Ship. He said, I've, I've had some dreams of killing her. Simpson said that, says Ronald Ship, in a bedroom conversation a day after the murders of his ex-wife Nicole and Ronald Goldman. Today, defense lawyer Carl Douglas will continue his blistering attack on Ship, a former policeman who's known Simpson for 26 years, who admits he withheld the dreams incident from police before relating it anonymously to the author of a new book. You say that the conversation with Mr. Simpson was eating you up. Is that your statement? That's correct. And did you hope to exercise this pain from your body by talking to Sheila Weller? Yes, I did. In his questioning, Douglas portrayed Ship as an opportunistic, lying Simpson hanger-on. But actions speak louder than words, says CBS News legal consultant Erwin Chemerinsky. The fact that Carl Douglas for the defense so aggressively cross-examined Ron Ship is a reflection that the defense sees Ship's testimony is quite damaging, and the defense wants to do everything they can to cast doubt on it before the jury. At some stage today, the defense will likely ask that Ship's testimony be thrown out. David Dow, CBS News, Los Angeles. On the NBC News Today program, lead lawyer Johnny Cochran insisted that testimony about Simpson's dreams isn't worth much. We're going to talk about dreams. Uh, what about all those wonderful dreams that I'm sure O.J. Simpson must have had in the times when he loved his wife and she was coming to him in dreams? I mean, nobody talks about that, so it didn't make any sense. Legal experts are divided over whether the dream testimony would give the defense grounds for appeal. A broadcast report says allegations of unspecified misconduct by as many as three Simpson jurors have surfaced. KNBC Television says Judge Ito is likely to hold a hearing to see how serious the alleged problem may be. In a Washington speech to business people last night, House Speaker Gingrich can that eroding Democratic support has put a key element of the Republican agenda in doubt. We need your help on balanced budget, which I think is in serious difficulty because a number of Democrats who were really for the balanced budget as long as it wouldn't pass. Gingrich said term limits legislation is also in trouble. But as Rob Armstrong reports, Republicans are having their way on other top priorities. The House followed the Senate and overwhelmingly passed its version of a bill to restrict unfunded mandates things imposed on state and local governments that Congress doesn't want to pay for. The two versions of the bill now go to a House-Senate conference committee. The House begins work today on another item in the Republican contract with America, the line item veto. That would allow the president to veto individual items in an appropriation bill without vetoing the whole thing. Republican William Klinger of Pennsylvania chairs the Government Reform and Oversight Committee. The line item veto is a helpful tool 
in helping a president and the Congress come to grips with the deficit. It, 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 it's a tool to use in cutting spending, and that's, a, that's really all it is. It's not the panacea, but it certainly is a part of the overall solution. The House is expected to vote on the line-item veto on Monday, and once the Senate acts, President Clinton has indicated he will sign it. Rob Armstrong, CBS News, Capitol Hill. While it's customary for a congressman to help a constituent, a published report is raising questions about whether House Speaker Gingrich used undue influence to win federal approval for a drug made by a Georgia company. Solvay Pharmaceuticals had given money to the foundation that sponsors Gingrich's televised college course. But company and foundation officials tell the Wall Street Journal Gingrich's help was not connected to the donation, and the FDA says it didn't affect the approval process. President Clinton, speaking at the National Prayer Breakfast this morning, said words are more powerful now than ever before, being used to divide and destroy as well as to get to the truth. He asked his audience to put in a few good words for him. Let me ask you to pray for the president, that he will have the wisdom to change when he is wrong, the courage to stay the course when he is right. It's expected that Tennessee obstetrician Henry Foster will be introduced today as the president's choice for Surgeon General. Administration officials say he won't be as controversial as Dr. Joyce Lynn Elders, who was forced to resign in December. A Houston jury is set to begin deliberations in a lawsuit filed by two women who claim they were harmed by silicone gel breast implants. They accused Dow Chemical and Dow Corning of hiding the harmful effects of implants. A Longmont, Colorado mother who allegedly drank during labor and gave birth to an intoxicated baby has been charged with child abuse. Police say the woman told them she needed some wine to relax. Leaders from Israel, Egypt, Jordan, and the PLO are gathering in Cairo for an unprecedented peace summit. Kimberly Dozier reports. The leaders are expected to sign a carefully worded document that denounces terrorism and reaffirms their joint commitment to the peace process. A copy of the document obtained by CBS News says the four leaders condemn all recent outbreaks of terror, violence, and bloodshed in the region and reaffirm their intentions to put an end to all such acts. The document also says the four foreign ministers will meet again in Washington next week to keep the peace talks moving. But diplomats here in Cairo predict last-minute haggling over the final summit accord. They say the language on terrorism may not go far enough for Israeli Prime Minister Yitzhak Rabin because it does not specifically condemn the suicide bombings by Hamas. As worded, the accord may also require Rabin and PLO Chief Yasser Arafat to crack down on their own extremist factions, an act that would undermine both men's already dwindling public support. Kimberly Dozier for CBS News, Cairo. With flood refugees jamming emergency shelters, the Dutch are about to find out if dikes soaked to the limit can take what nature is dishing out. CBS News correspondent Barry Peterson. Holland is a country with its fingers crossed this morning, hoping that hundreds of miles of dikes will withstand one of the worst floods this century. 250,000 people have been evacuated, mostly as a precaution. In numerous cities and villages this morning, the streets are empty, houses deserted. It's like Holland entered the twilight zone and people are being told they may be kept away for a week. They take it with good spirit, said one. We'll just pretend we're on vacation. If the dikes break, the estimates are damage would soar into the billions of dollars. So it's a waiting game. High water eating away at the dikes, crews sandbagging, and Holland keeping its fingers crossed. Barry Peterson, CBS News, Teal, Holland. Donald Pleasance, the British actor whose steely eyes and bald head won him countless roles as a movie bad guy, has died of natural causes in France. Donald Pleasance was 75. The government says sales of new homes rose six-tenths of a percent in 1994 to the highest level in six years, but were slowing as the year ended and mortgage rates were rising. On Wall Street, after 30 minutes, the Dow Industrials were ahead more than four points. It's 10 past.